Hi, it's Larry here, Xbox's Major Nelson. Welcome to the Xbox Podcast. Happy to have you with us this week. It's another great week. You've been liking, you've been subscribing, you've been listening, you've been hitting, hitting us up on Twitter. Bring the gang in here. We've got uh, Malik over there on the left sitting in for Jeff. Over on the right, we have the lovely Rebecca coming in from San Francisco. Hello, gang. <laughs> What's up? How's it going? Hey, guys. Nice glasses, Larry. I, well... You know, I you like and I, we, we don't talk about it too frequently, but you and I are graduates. <laughs> if Jeff were here, he would say we did. <laughs> Syracuse University. You've got your mug. There's your mug. I've got my yes. oh. I've got my blue and orange shirt on. And my, what about me? Uh, what about you? <clears throat> Next time. I just feel left all out. All the modern stuff. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Go Maryland. Turks. Actually, you're not left out. Do you know why? Rebecca, would you join why is me, that? please? <clears throat> Happy birthday to you. Oh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Malik. Happy birthday to you. Oh, thanks, y'all. I appreciate hey, that. Morris. I don't know why I went into a southern accent. Um, yeah, I'm Sorry, just I'm getting up there this week, and it's uh, it's always nice to celebrate a birthday. Yes, thank happy you, birthday. thank you, appreciate that. Uh, thanks, y'all. Anyway, uh, great to have everybody back this week, Rebecca. This is two weeks in a row. I'm so happy to have you here. Um, and, we're, we're, and Jeff is, I don't know what Jeff's doing, but we, we tapped Malik to come in here to talk about some stuff and join us. And we're going to start with Malik, who's been playing Apex, I'm sure. <laughs> so we'll just start by what no. we're playing. I, I, I literally, and I, it's funny that you say no that because, like, I, I, no, because obviously, like, I've, we've talked about how much I love Apex. I have almost 1,800 hours in the game. Um, but like I said a few weeks ago, I can't play it anymore because it really ruins my sleep schedule. Right. Uh, so I, <laughs> I've written off Apex and any competitive shooters for a while, only on the weekends. Mm. Um, but I've been playing what I, I'm sure everyone's been playing. We've you've talked about it. We had the interview last week. Hi-Fi Rush. Um, I'm, you know, doing my standard signature slow walk through the game. So maybe like half an hour <laughs> a night. Um, but I think the game is just amazing. Like came out of nowhere. We've, we've talked about it a, a million times. Rebecca, I saw, uh, you know, I was listening last week and you talked about how, like how hard it was to keep that secret. Yeah. And, but I'm happy that you did because I love you know, what was really cool was seeing the discourse online about the, you know, about the shadow drop. Shadow dropping. Of the game being, yeah. <laughs> yeah, of the game being out now. And it really follows what I see a trend in the entertainment industry, really started by Beyonce with her Lemonade album, where you don't even give people time to think that. about the. I think, I think well, it maybe it's before. Beyonce. I'll have to check that was that. the most famous in modern era, where, which is like. I agree. Which is like, uh, yeah, which is, which is cool because it doesn't give people to tell, you know, it doesn't give people time to you know, be told about what the game is. You just get it, you play, and with Game Pass, you, there's very little bo uh, barrier to entry. Yeah. And so it jumped in there, super exciting. Uh, love the animation, love the level design, love the music. I'm not a big music guy, um, which is like <laughs> evident by my take that Panic at the Disco's cover of Bohemian Rhapsody is better than Queen's. Whoa, whoa, uh, whoa, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on a minute, hold on. Let's I'm just... going to put your social... I'm going to get canceled. Up. I'm going to put your social <laughs> up on the screen here because reach out to Malik. I don't want anything to do with that. I already, I already <laughs> see the tweets and I already know I'm going to get canceled for it. He did the same thing. Everyone did the same thing with me in the books the last time, but that's just my opinion. But also, also, that's just me. It just oh goes to God, show how folks. terrible I am at music. But listening to the music in the game, it really gets you pumped up. And it, obviously, it's like designed all around music. And so I just think the game is awesome. And, I, and I've been loving it. So let's talk about music for a second. And I'm going to, okay. I'm going to ask you this question as well. Malik, if I were to like open up your Spotify or Apple music or title, whatever you listen to, what am I going to see in your, in your playlist or your liked list? Tell me about that. 
So it's funny that you ask because Xbox, uh, we we did a playlist, and actually you were part of it, Larry, yep. too, a few years ago, where um, a few people compiled their Spotify playlist, yep. and mine was almost all like uh, Panic at the Disco. I'm a big Panic at the Disco fan. Sure. They just announced that they're breaking up as a band I this never week, guessed. so that's yeah. yeah. Love Panic at the Disco. Um, mm-hmm. There's a, another artist called Marky Basie who does a little bit of you know uh, R and B slash pop, and so. I, yeah, I listen to very like only a handful of artists. I'm that person that just has those core few uh, musicians and then just listens to them over and over again. And everyone hates me for it. But well, no, no, it's hey, you're not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna hate you for liking what you like. That's there's no reason. There you for go. It. Rebecca, what's what's your okay. musical? Where do your musical tastes flow to? Uh, I'm kind of all over the place. Um, I've been listening like ever since Bad Bunny's album came out last year, which was amazing album of the year for sure. Um, I've been listening to a lot more reggaeton. So him, J Balvin. Um, but then I've also been getting into like Korean and Vietnamese R&B. Um, oh, obviously, I love thing? like. <laughs> yeah, wow. it's kind of I know cool. it's kind of surprising, right? Um, wow. I have a couple friends in Vietnam. Actually, they're from the U.S. They live in Vietnam now. Who have shared their playlists with me, and it's really cool stuff. Um, the Korean R and B is kind of I mean R and B is kind of similar across all cultures, but it's right. kind of cool to hear it in like different languages. Oh, and now, are they are they taste, original so. songs, or are they doing some other some mainstream R and B hits? Yeah, original songs. Um, okay. Vietnamese ones, I don't really know what they're saying. The Korean ones, I can kind of make it out. So, so they're all in um, native language. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I love What that. about you, Larry? What's on your playlist? Oh, so I think it's, I've talked about, I actually have admittedly probably the worst taste in music because I spent so long in radio <laughs> and hit radio. Okay. I mean, if it's got a beat, if it's got, if it's got a guitar wailing, I can't deal with it. If it has a beat, I love it. You know, I'm all about the, 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 the you know, I, I worked in radio primarily in the nineties. So all that dance music, you know, I've got my Millie Vanilli story, which I think I told you guys about quite a bit. Um, mm. You know, so there's that. I like everything. I'll tell you what I do really like though. And Rebecca, I don't know if you know this about me. I was a few credits away from minoring in classical music at Syracuse. Mm. Oh, wow. I, I did not know that. I mean, I have so many talents. Yeah, I love classical music because it's it's just the way it's, you know, you have, you know, a whole group of people. It could be, you know, five people, 10 people, 20 people, you know, a whole orchestra that are all working together and creating. And of course, you know, Mozart and Bach and Beethoven and Chopin, they were all the original rock stars in some regards. So it's, mm. it's I don't know, I just love some of that music and, and, and how they, you know, how they cre- craft the the songs and yeah. so forth. So it's anyway, I just, I, feel, I, yeah. I like, I like everything like that. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll a little bit of country. I mean, I'll listen. 90s anyway. pop. Pardon me. 90s pop. Oh, not absolutely. 90s pop. Let's talk. All about right. It. So Backstreet oh Boys gosh. are in sync. Yeah. Both. You have to pick one. I, I can't you choose one because I worked, I worked with both of them. I okay. worked in my previous right, life. Larry. I worked. Mm-hmm. I, have a, I have a little more on the on the Backstreet Boys side because I had a better experience working with that management. Okay. Um, but yeah, '90s pop. Oh, don't even get me going on that. I mean, it's it was it was. I thought it, you were going to say you were sick of it from having worked in radio. No. I was like, yeah. you must have had to play hear every, every single one of their songs like a million times. Every single one of those songs has a moment for me. Whether oh, it was nice. standing at a nightclub, whether it was being at an amusement park, whether it was out doing an event, you know, every single one I can put myself in it in like the summer of 97. I know exactly where I was yeah. uh, and what that was like. So it's they all have very and, and music does that. I'm sure it does it for, for you all. It has a very yeah. strong emotion. 
It's so funny you say that. I have always felt that way. I've never heard from anyone else who felt that way. Like oh. I have all of my favorite songs are tied to a specific thing I was going through in my life or yeah. emotion that's associated. So yeah. that's really cool. Yeah, we have songs that that you know remind us of earlier in a relationship or mm-hmm. or you know our first job or the first major moment we had, whether it was the first kiss. I don't know whatever it was. You know, there's yeah. there's all these life moments that you have. You know that first song you heard when you were playing it when you were setting up your first apartment, right? Yeah. Stuff like that. So yeah, songs, music is incredibly, incredibly emotional. And what, what amazes me now is, you know, I grew up in an era where you had a six CD changer and you had to choose what six CD. Now you have everything. You have everything right here yeah. on your phone. You have millions of tracks. So it's, it's so liberating to some regards, but I, I posted this on Instagram a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, I've been listening to lossless music, which is very, very high quality you know, with a special mm. set of headphones and, and so on and so forth. When you listen to music versus like just streaming, I mean, it's still streaming, but it's just higher quality. It changes the game. It's like going mm, from yeah. standard def, you know, black and white television to ultra 4K HDR. It's just, it changes everything dramatically. Yeah. My, my analogy or my, my mind goes to the, uh, for me growing up, it was all about the Walkman or the, the CD player, the portable yep. CD player. Yep. You put it in and you couldn't, you couldn't like walk too fast or run with it, obviously, because it's too, too huge. But if you did, like it'll skip and it just ruins the song. It ruins the moment. But so then it's they a Walkman, the not anti- a Runman. Yeah. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. But then they came out with like the anti-skip, uh, like portable CD players where you could just like do whatever with it and it, it was, it wouldn't skip. So I just remember to your point, Larry, the technology advancing, but to your point, like lossless I, I don't think that I'd be able to, I'm not as much an audiophile, so I probably wouldn't be able to tell the difference, but I know that people swear by it, by that lossless. Yeah, and, um, and, I, and I know that I'd be interested, Malik, because I think because my ears are older and I spent so many years in radio <laughs> with the, with a monitor cranked up, you know, with God, who knows, you know, dumb, you know, basically destroying my inner ear. I'm better now, but you know, there's so many little nuances that you hear in the like, Oh, I, I didn't know that's what it, it almost sounds like a new song sometimes. Right. Mm-hmm. You hear it today versus when you're growing up, like in a cassette or, you know, a scratchy CD. But anyway, um, we got a little bit of news here. Actually, we want to talk about what we're playing and we were talking about, uh, yeah. Malik, but Re- Rebecca, have you had a chance to play anything? I know you've been busy. Yes. So let's see, last weekend I visited some family in LA and while I was there, I tried out my cousin's Oculus, I think it was an Oculus Quest headset and he has Beat Sabers and I had never played it before and oh, I really liked it. It was a lot of fun. Love it. Um, My boyfriend took some really derpy looking videos of me like swinging things. Like mouth open and swinging around. But after I played that, I was like, Man, I'm so good with like music and rhythm games. I'm going to be so good at Hi-Fi Rush and I am not good at Hi-Fi Rush. <laughs> like I thought that coming from a music background, like I was in band all throughout like high school and middle school, I thought that I would be really good at it and I definitely have been utilizing the like what's it called the rhythm keeper. Yeah, There's the like a the bar yeah. if you need help <laughs> that will visually show you when <laughs> the like beat is coming. Beat, beat Rebecca, would you like us to turn this on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I haven't been that good at it, but how's your guys' experience been? I assume you both have been, I mean, I know Malik, you've been playing it. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm about, I think I'm at like two hours in. I'm enjoying it. I just, it's a good combat game. It just, it gets the beats. And again, as I said, we're in our section about music. I love things with a beat. So this, this gets, mm-hmm. it gets me yeah. into the beat. And then I, let me be very clear. You know, you talked about like, we all talked about liking music and Rebecca, you talked about being a man. I cannot, absolutely cannot play any instrument. I have zero acumen for 
producing music. I love listening. What was your, what did you say your minor was almost in? Music? Classical, classical. So understanding the theory of classical music and the creation of classical music versus like playing an instrument. I, I did, I did play one instrument when I was in band in high school. Um, did I, did I tell you this story? Oh, it's going to be good. What is it? Mm. <laughs> Would you like Clarinet. to uh, go ahead? Go, uh, Rebecca, Clarinet. Go ahead. You can guess first. I'm, I'm going to guess something in percussion, maybe, okay. uh, maybe like the, uh, one of the drums okay. or the cowbell. <laughs> oh, that's a cowbell. Okay. That's fair. What, what uh, Malik, what do you think I did? Is the clarinet part of the, the band? I sure. guess. Yes. Yeah, so that's part I of it. I feel like I'm, yeah, I'm going to guess the that's clarinet wins. Okay. Yeah. That's my, that's my uh, no, guess. The answer is the xylophone. Oh, I was close. And the kind reason of. why the xylophone <laughs> is because it's like a keyboard. It has the notes printed on it. So I didn't have oh, to okay. think about what do I have to do to make the notes? It's just, they're all right there. So it's, it's so I was able to do that or the glockenspiel or the marimba. The glockenspiel was the tubes. The, no, tube the, glock, the glockenspiel is kind of the metal and it's up. It's kind of like, it's kind of got oh. like a little, it, it's got, it's probably, you probably saw it, man. It's, it's like, like ding, 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 ding. It's metal. It's got a metal sound. <laughs> Uh, the your, the okay. tubes are mm. the, are the bells. Okay, gotcha. Anyway. <laughs> All right, yeah, I had a feeling it was something in percussion. You're so. right. So, okay. anyway, but yeah, I've, uh, Hi-Fi Rush really been enjoying it. I've been playing. What else have I been playing? Uh, actually, let's go to you, Rebecca, and then I'll go through what I'm playing. I, I just finished. Okay. <laughs> that's what I've been doing. Beat Saber uh, and Hi-Fi Rush. Uh, what am I playing? Dead Space, the new Dead Space. I love Ooh. it. It's so good Ooh, to be back nice. in there with Isaac. Um, uh, GoldenEye 007, which dropped oh, last yeah. week. Oh, yeah. How could I forget? Been playing that one. So good to see that. Nice. Vampire Survivors, which we've talked endlessly about. Hi-Fi Rush. Mm -hmm. That's kind of been filling my gaming uh, gaming uh, menu this week. Uh, but we'll it's see. a good time yeah, no, to be a gamer. It's fun. Dead, Dead Space is great because, you, you know, every once in a while we play a lot of these these in multiplayer of course i'm playing halo and these multiplayer games and like like apex and they're great but sometimes you just want to play like a half hour of a single player press pause or use instant resume and move on to something else and that's kind of also yeah. great for for hi-fi rush as well because okay i'm done and then let's go on to something else and yeah that's, that's i've been I actually downloaded it on my work pc i didn't know if it would work i, I guess my work pc is a pretty good spec <laughs> um, but yeah, I've been playing it kind of in between meetings. I played like 30 minutes earlier today. So <laughs> good to know. Uh, yeah, it's, it's a good one to drop in and out of. <laughs> that's, that's good to know. All right. Um, why don't we roll into news? we got three <laughs> interviews coming up later on that, uh, I did one, Rebecca did one. And of course, Jeff, who's not here did one, but we'll talk about those in a minute, but let's quickly get to the news. Uh, Malik, I'm going to go lean on you first. Cause it's, uh, today as we record this, it's February 1st, which kicks off. Black History Month. Yeah. Black History Month. So, yeah, again, um, you know, really excited. I I'll start by saying that the Xbox, you know, Xbox has a whole team dedicated to these moments. And what I really wanted to kind of start with is that I know there's like a lot of discussion around, you know, brands kind of putting out a tweet and that being kind of their statement of Done. support. But yeah. I'll say I'll say that Xbox has an entire team called the Xbox Social Impact Team led by Jen Panettone, who's been on the show before. Yeah. Um, and really and then and one of the things that, uh, you know, we're kicking off the calendar year with is Black History Month. And so there's a great wire post written by Portia Botchway, who's from the Xbox research team that kind of goes into, you know, she starts off the post by talking a little bit about her history um, and coming up as a black woman or wanting to be in video games. And so it, it gives a lot of great tips 
uh, into, you know, into how to get into the industry. And also like, you don't have to be a software engineer. There's many different fields within video game in the video game industry for anyone to be involved with. And so I just love the, the wire posts because they always are written by a person in the community and detail their experience. But, um, more to the point of, you know, how you can get involved, even if you're not in the black community, uh, always great to be an ally. Yeah. Uh, Xbox is going to be working with uh, USC, University, uh, University of Southern Cal- California, on the Gerald A. Lawson Fund for Black and Indigenous Students. Uh, if you're a Microsoft Rewards member, which is, by the way, free, um, it's your way to give to a few different uh, charities without spending money. So you can get Microsoft Rewards through a number of different avenues, such as Game Pass Quest, using Bing to search. But we're featuring Community, Black Girls Rock, and Game Heads as three charities that you can give to without spending a dollar just by engaging on your console. Great way to be to get involved if you don't have money to give. Um, then I don't know if you if you've noticed uh, over the course oh, yeah, of the many Amplify. different. <laughs> Yeah, Project Amplify is in there as well. No, it's something that we launched in September of last year, and it's a great opportunity to hear from, I think it's like 14 different folks in Xbox at Xbox mm-hmm. uh, about their journey, their tips and tricks on how to get involved. Another great thing that you'll see throughout Black History Month uh, and throughout every month that we kind of celebrate here at Xbox is we take the Xbox logo logo and give it to an artist within the community to give their interpretation of it. So you'll see people like Phil Spencer. It's also on the Xbox Twitter um, kind of give that interpretation of the logo. So it's really great. I love it. This one. Yeah, it's it's an interesting take. It's very different, but so many people have worked on it and it gives different um, color uh, symbolism and imagery from the community to build a really interesting asset. There's a number of different ways to get involved. Uh, By the way, I want to point something out. Um, yeah, that is, that is a really cool, I know it's, it's just a fun thing to do because people love the, people love Xbox brand and we have a a brand team, which is responsible for the look in this, you know, all the things related to the brand of Xbox. And I just love the fact that they, they let, they let people have fun with it because we're in the games industry and let's have fun. I know there's a lot of companies out there that were like, you can't touch the logo. It always has to be this size and next to, and you know, yeah. We, 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 have, we do have, you know, we have some, we have some requirements, but it also, there's times when you can have fun. And that's what I love about that team. Absolutely. Um, it, it's one of those very important things. And again, like it's done by, especially for moments like this that are very important, it's done by a person within the community. And so let me, I'll just go through a few more different ways that you can be involved and get involved on the um, on the store, you can actually go and download games that are either developed by Black developers or feature Black protagonists, such as Deathloop, League of Legends, Humankind, Dishonored, um, and then something that I work on every uh, you know social impact and cultural moment is how do we get the community members and creators involved? And so yep. throughout the month of February, every Monday, uh, twice twice on every Monday in February, we're going to be working with Black streamers uh, to feature them, give them the keys to our Twitch channel to to stream. Um, again, playing games that are either developed uh, by Black people or future Black protagonists, or just kind of celebrating, you know, um, their identity as a Black creator in the industry. And so many different ways to get involved. Again, like it's not just about showcasing the support on social, putting out a tweet. Um, here at Xbox, the entire social impact team meets weekly um, to plan throughout the year for moments like this so that um, we can ensure that we're doing our part. No one company is going to change the industry uh, for any of these moments, Black History Month or Women's History Month, any of any of the moments that we'll celebrate. But I think it's all about a company doing what it can to uh, make a change and kind of be a leader in this space. And, and I know it may seem like I'm biased or like I'm rooting for the home team, but it's really about a collective hand walk towards a better place. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of great stuff. Check out the 
wire post uh on how xbox is celebrating black history month thank you malik that was that was well done yeah a yeah. lot, lot, lot of activity well we'll see if we can get somebody on towards the end of the month just to remind people about it or later on in the month i should say um just to remind people that it's an it's an entire month of fun so uh That's rebecca right. you've got a little bit of news over there is that is that accurate Yes. Emphasis on a little bit. Um, everyone might be aware, but last week we did this little thing called the Developer Direct and <laughs> did a game showcase and, you know, had a lot of news. And so um, here's the typically TLDR. The week following. Yeah. <laughs> typically the week after is a little bit slower. Um, we did a great write up on um, just the show overall, but then we also had our Xbox Wire team go hands on with Hi-Fi Rush. They were, I think, among the first like dozen people outside of Tango and Bethesda to actually get to try it. Um, and then they did another great piece uh, for Minecraft Legends. So our Xbox Wire page has a lot of really good reading there. There's a lot of effort that goes into it. Um, you know, in particular, one piece that they've been working on throughout January also was a kind of our team's most anticipated games coming up in 2023. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of releases. Just a small handful of the games. We have a lot more coming out, but this yeah. is just a small handful. Yeah. Um, but so if you're curious about like when and which great games are going to be coming out on Xbox, PC, Game Pass, etc., uh, I'd recommend checking it out. Um, aside from that, there's also a feature this week on just like some of the deals with gold. Um, but then the one big kind of <laughs> news piece that we have is um, more related to a product. So Razer uh, recently released the Hammerhead Hyperspeed Wireless Multi-Platform Gaming Earbuds. Wow, that's a mouthful. Um, and Larry <laughs> conveniently has them here. Um, wow. So I'll, I'll read through some of the notes. So these are $149.99 US dollars. They're available right now. Um, thing that's pretty cool about these, not only is it like the latest tech with Bluetooth, so you know you can play these anywhere. They work with mobile and Xbox. Um, actually, they work with most gaming. Yep. Nope. I think we did we lose did we lose Rebecca? We sure did. I think we might have lost Rebecca, <laughs> but I'll jump in and say, hey, those look awesome. I I know so many people are looking for low profile um options These for like not AirPods, only chat but way. game audio. If you look at yeah, it, they, they look do like AirPods, so they're kind of cool. Um anyway. and you can carry them around to your friend's house if you're looking to, you know, the game with some great like earbuds designed for gaming. Yep. The the team just does such a great job designed for Xbox team working alongside some of our partners, which is um I'm jealous. Yeah, so there we go. So we got those in there. Unfortunately, we have a little bit of a, an empty box over here, which is <laughs> that's right, Rebecca. I don't know where Rest she went, peace. but why don't we do this? Uh, we <laughs> we have more Rebecca um, in the interview section. So why don't you go ahead, Malik, if you would? We've got a bunch of interviews this week, so why don't you bring us into those interviews if you would? Absolutely, Larry. We have a trifecta of interviews here for you today. We have uh, talking about Monster Hunter Rise. Jeff is going to be talking to Hiroyuki San from Capcom. Uh, Larry gets to talk about the Elder Scrolls Online, the new chapter to Necrom with Rich from Zenimax. And as Larry mentioned, Rebecca is going to be talking all things Minecraft Legends with Craig from Mojang. Enjoy these interviews. It was five years ago this month that Xbox owners were introduced to the world of Monster Hunter. And let me tell you, Monster Hunter World was a monster hit. Well, here we are into the beginning of 2023, and the first big hit of the of the of the year is Monster Hunter Rise, which is now available on Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, Windows PC, and of course Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. 
Well, this might be your first Monster Hunter game, so we are very honored to be joined by Hiroyuki Minamitami, who is the Capcom producer. How, how are you feeling, sir, uh, on this, uh, you know, into the first two weeks of Monster Hunter Rise being available on Xbox? Well, first of all, um, I'm, uh, of course, very glad that we, that we were able to um, release the game without any issues. Uh, so that's, yeah, that's made me very happy. And, um, but we're not done yet. I mean, uh, we've still got Sunbreak coming up in spring, the, the massive expansion to Monster Hunter Rise. So uh, there's still a lot of work to do. Um, but yeah, for now, at least we're glad that the game was um, released safely. And of course, we're also very happy that we were able to launch the game on Game Pass as well. So as many players as possible can experience this new title in the series. So because Monster Hunter Rise is available on Game Pass, as you say, there's a lot of folks who are going to be playing their first Monster Hunter game. Tens of millions of games in the Monster, uh, in the Monster Hunter franchise have been sold. But for those who this is their first one, what do they need to know about what Monster Hunter is? So Monster Hunter Rise, um, of course, the series uh, as a whole is about uh, hunters getting together to hunt monsters. Um, you can play solo, you can play multiplayer, but it's all about hunting monsters. And Monster Hunter Rise in particular is about this uh, phenomenon called the Rampage, which is uh, a horde of monsters that is attacking the uh, village, Kamura village, uh, which is the main base of operations for the player character. So let's talk about this village. Monster Hunter Rise uh, makes a great first impression. I've been playing this week. It's so colorful. The characters have huge personalities. There are dogs and cats and birds everywhere, and they're a big part of the game. You're riding on them. They're cooking for you. There's just a ton of character. So can you talk about what inspired uh, Monster Hunter's look and feel? Um, so the major theme in Monster Hunter Rise is um, Japanese yokai. So yokai are these uh, monsters from uh, Japanese mythology and folklore. And so the entire game is uh, has a very strong Japanese aesthetic. And a lot of the monsters are based on these uh, traditional yokai monsters. So that's the the big main theme of, of Monster Hunter Rise. And then on top of that, uh, we added uh, 3D audio for this title as well, uh, which really makes the the traditional Japanese instruments that are used during cutscenes uh, for the music, etc., really makes them stand out. And we're very proud of that. So one of my favorite things to do early on in the game was zipping around using the wire bugs. Uh, can you talk about that system, how it opens up in progression and battle and all the different ways the, the wire bug system uh, really make uh, a unique entrance in Monster Hunter Rise? So wire bugs are uh, a, a very specific sort of uh, technology to Kamura Village. Uh, the way it works is that the hunters, uh, they, they wear a, uh, a little decoration called the petalus. And the petalus is uh, something that the wirebugs are naturally attracted to. 
So um, the hunter can use wire bugs, as you said, uh, to like uh, fly through the environments at, at a very quick pace. And um, in terms of level design, uh, obviously we, we've taken this into consideration. So there's a lot of verticality to the levels. Um, there's uh, a lot, of, lot more than we've had in previous titles. So um, there's a lot to explore. Uh, you, you can start uh, at the bottom of the stage and then go all the way up to the top and there's lots of different things you can find. And also it's a great opportunity for uh, just observing monsters from above. For instance, you can sit on a ledge and look down on a monster and, and observe it while it goes uh, around doing its, its, you know, its natural behavior and uh, its, its daily routines. So not every animal in Monster Hunter Rise is something that you're trying to kill. There are very adorable pets of various different kinds. There's the Palicos, there's the Palamutes. Uh, tell us about these friends, what they do besides cooking for you sometimes or looking adorable or being something to ride on. Like, what are all the different ways that you can uh, interact with these pets? So Palamutes, um other than looking cute, uh, also provide um, uh, very uh, reliable uh, support during combat. Um, they, they can uh, equip a variety of weapons um, to support you uh, while you're fighting monsters. Uh, they're very good at attacking. And um, the other main feature is that you can ride them, uh, which makes uh, moving around the stages a lot uh, speedier and stress-free. Uh, especially since you can still use items and you can sharpen the weapons while you're uh, riding your Palamute. So uh, it's a very, yeah, it's a very stress-free experience. Everything is just very speedy and uh, you don't have to stop and, and, and do things uh, and, and wait around for your hunter to, to sharpen weapons. So um, that's for the Palamutes. And for the Palicos, um, they offer more of a, a support role, not necessarily um, offensive, but they can equip a variety of skills um, and they can earn experience themselves to, um, to gain uh, more, more slots, to equip more skills. So um, you can, yeah, you can give them a variety of, um, of skills to, um, to help heal the hunter or, you know, give uh, defense boosts and, and stuff like that. Yeah, I do love how uh, convenient it is to ride around on the Palamutes, even in town, which I was definitely taking advantage of. So between that and the wire bugs, and you can also uh, trans uh, just transport or teleport very quickly between things and uh, like noticeably fast, which is, uh, I'm a big fan, especially when you're you know, absorbing all of the different things that there are to do, all of the different, um, you're visiting with the blacksmith and you're visiting, uh, you're eating and you're crafting, you're doing so many different things. And I think that's a key thing about Monster Hunter Rise is there's, there's a lot going on. So where's a good place to start? What is uh, uh, something that you would advise a new Monster Hunter Rise player to do? Monster Hunter Rise is... So first of all, uh, when you jump into the game for the first time, you can uh, pick whether you want to play solo or multiplayer. Um, 
in either case, um, what I would advise you to do is just um, follow the story. Um, that's going to be the main point of progression. Um, so if you just follow the story, uh, you will learn everything as you go along. Um, your player will uh, grow along with you, your player character. Um, you know, they will start making new weapons, new gear. Um, and the only bit of advice I would offer you is that if you're having trouble uh, beating monsters, um, don't just button mash your way through. Uh, that's not going to work in most cases. Uh, try to observe the monster, like which direction is it facing? Uh, is it roaring, like telegraphing an attack? Uh, and, you know, base your actions around what the monster is doing at that time. So, yeah, you got to be very careful about what uh, the monster is doing. So be uh, pay attention. And then uh, one other thing is that there are 14 weapon types um and all of them hap uh, um, handle very differently so this may be confusing this may be overwhelming if you're a first time player but uh my advice is to just not think too hard about it just um you know experiment a little bit find what works for you and then just go with that and have fun yeah, that's a great point. Uh, you're first given a longsword, but you really do have access to all kinds of weapons, ranged weapons, close-up weapons, big heavy weapons, fast weapons. So yeah, pick what you're going to want to enjoy, right? And it's good that you're able to experiment really uh, right from the off. Uh, Monster Hunter Rise, now available, Xbox One, Xbox Series X and S, and of course, on Windows PCs and Xbox Game Pass and PC Game Pass. Here, Yuki Minamatami, I want to thank you so much for joining us. Uh, very excited to have Monster, uh, Monster Hunter Rise on Game Pass. And also, just a huge year both for Monster Hunter and for Capcom. Wishing you the best of luck. All right, great week last week for the Elder Scrolls fans. The Elder Scrolls Online announced the new adventures, a new class for 2023. You've probably read all about it. You've had some time to soak it in. But joining me today is Rich Lambert from the ESO team. Rich, great to see you. Hello, how are you? I am great. What a great week it was last week for ESO fans. Kind of go through a little bit and rehash what we're, what we're talking about here because it's uh, it's kind of it's kind of cool. It, it is, and it's it's a really exciting year for us, for the team, obviously, and for, for the fans. Uh, so we are going to go and explore um, the Telvanni Peninsula and yeah. explore a little bit more of Morrowind. Uh, learn a lot more about Hamas Mora. It's this really cool new vibe. You know, this kind of cosmic horror meets elder scrolls online uh and i think players are really gonna gonna get a kick out of it sure now, now i was reading something uh i think it was the press release that said that that you're bringing players back to more allowing they're gonna explore places they haven't seen since check me on this the mid 90s is that accurate yeah 1994 <laughs> in arena okay so yeah a lot has changed obviously technology wise games wise since 1994 and so we were able to go in and and you know, show players things uh, and uh, explore things that you couldn't necessarily do back back in those early nineties. You know, you know, ESO is, is is such a phenomenon, and it's it's so great to go live in that world and work on your characters in that world. You know, folks that may may be interested in it, but maybe kind of 
maybe kind of scared to like, oh, this is this game's been out forever. We all have that anxiety of, oh, like, uh-huh. I, you know, I'm the one who hasn't finished Elden Ring yet. And I'm like, oh, can I even go back to it? Everybody's finished it. But but <laughs> when I look at when I look at your the universe you've created, it's really welcoming. And you've done a lot of work to really welcome new players, right? Absolutely. And I get that question a lot. You know, the game is eight years old now. Is it too late for me to start? And the answer right. is, is no. You know, we've done a lot of work um, over the years to to make it inviting, make it easy for you to play with anybody, regardless of level, regardless of alliance choice. Uh, the way ESO is set up, you don't have to grind through eight years of older content to get to the new stuff. You can just pick a story that you like or an area that you want to go and explore, and you can go and explore it and still make meaningful progress. I mean, there's millions of people that have played the Elder Scrolls, the the, the main game, the single player game. How did you, you know, and I know it's been eight years now, but how do you mm-hmm. continue to make it interesting and vibrant for those types of players to pull them into this multiplayer world in this environment? There's a lot of different things. So um, obviously story is king. Yeah, you know, that's what a lot of people want. So we always try to dig through the lore and the uh, of the game. It's 25 years old, you know, at this point in terms of all of Elder Scrolls. Right. So there's a treasure trove of stuff to kind of pull out and 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 weed out and, and needle on. Um, but then once we kind of figure out a story we want to tell, it's what are the other types of activities that we can do? So we yeah. spent a lot of time building alternate activities that aren't just questing and kill uh, questing and killing. Right. There's all kinds of things from, you know, from crafting to housing, which is one of, you know, the most popular activities to do in in ESO um, to the Tales of Tribute card game that we released last year. Um, So yeah, there's just a ton of different things. And we really want to make it this kind of virtual world that you can explore with your friends or by yourself. Now, getting back to the announcements that we had last week during the during the event is Shadow Morrowind, um, Shadow Over Morrowind is coming next month, right? It's in March. Uh, It kicks off quarter one. Yes, quarter one. Okay, March. That's in month and a half, two months. But that that's going to happen. And there's there's a lot of other things that we we talked about or that you talked about, like um, the, the Necrom chapter coming in June and some mm-hmm. other things. Tell us a little about what we're you know this is kind of a roadmap. So tell us re- rehash it for us if you would please. Sure. So uh, update thirty seven. It's crazy to think that we've done thirty seven. Wow. <laughs> uh, so that's quarter one, and that kicks off this this new storyline with two new dungeons. Uh, there's some quality life improvements. And then, as you mentioned, uh, update 38, which is in June, is the new chapter with Necrom. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that includes a brand new class, which is the Arcanist, which I assume we'll get into in, in a little bit. Yep. And then I did kind of let slip um, a little bit of a, a a tease, I guess, for the fourth quarter in you know kind of Endless Dungeon Runner, which we'll get into that. Um, but it kind of fits into uh, the goals that we have for the or the game where we're trying to introduce more kind of repeatable activities, more systemic type things for players to really dig into and, and um, explore. We talk about the, let's talk about the scribes of fate for a little bit, because this is coming in March and it's going to feature two new four player PVE dungeons, right? So mm-hmm. this is kind of a, this is a new experience. Tell us a little bit about that. So both of these dungeons um, really dig into and kind of kick off this initial story. And I don't want to spoil any of the stories, but one dungeon kind of introduces one aspect of the story, and then another dungeon introduces uh, another aspect. And then um, we also have a prologue quest that really jumps you into the, kind of this main story. And that's when you learn about Emmaus Mora being involved and you, him wanting you to be his champion. Um, and if you've done the dungeons, you get a little bit more context for that stuff. But if you haven't done the dungeons, you can do that 
that prologue quest and still understand what's going on. I want to get back to you talked about this new playable class, which is which is coming um, coming in June with the Necrom mm-hmm. chapter. Tell us about the Arcanist because that sounds really interesting. I read a little bit about it and saw a little bit online. Yeah, it is uh, a new class, obviously new playable class. It has uh, three major skill lines, just like the other classes: uh, Herald of the Tome, which is essentially like a DPS line; uh, Apocryphal Soldier, which is a tanky line. And then the healing one is, I think, Curative Rune Forms. Okay. I think I got that one right. Um, <laughs> there's lots of names floating around, but um, this class is something that's very different than anything we've really built before. Um, it's really tightly integrated into the overarching storyline and okay. themes. So a lot of the inspiration for this class um, centers around Hemaeus Mora and this kind of thirst for forbidden knowledge. Um, it is a little bit darker. You know, it kind of hits that kind of cosmic horror vibe. Um, you know, the visuals are, you know, are really, really cool. The sounds that the audio team came up with uh, are really, you know, something you haven't really heard before. Um, and then even right down to the individual abilities and kind of the core mechanics of this class are, are different as well. Um, it is more focused around, uh, I guess, a combo point system. We call it crux. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the general concept here is... Uh, some abilities are kind of builders of crux, and some are spenders of crux. Uh, and if you're spending crux, uh, your abilities do slightly different things or completely different things depending on how you want. Um, and then with kind of the morphs and how we've kind of integrated everything, you can control, you know, some abilities aren't spenders or builders from the onset, but you can morph them to do that. And so there's just this huge tool chest to really dig into and play with uh, and lots of uh, interesting choices for the players to make to, to really get the mastery um, of this class. Rich, tell me a little bit about your teams when, when they're thinking about a new class, what goes through their heads in terms mm-hmm. of how they balance it out with the existing classes in the existing universe? Cause, cause I, 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 I I respect that you're adding a new class, but I also don't take it lightly because there's a lot that has to go into figuring out that puzzle to make sure that it's additive and it's not just OP or anything like that, right? Yeah, there there certainly is. And we have standards that we build everything towards. Uh, The team has done a lot of math uh, over the last few years uh, to really nail down what those standards are. So we we know what, you know, one point of critical hit damage does or 1% of... um, uh, um, critical chance does to the player and how much that's worth on say an item set or an ability or, or right. so on and so forth. Right. Um, so it fits within that math, but in terms of really digging into the class and, you know, it's inspirations and themes and how it fits into the world. Uh, we talk a lot about um, basically what are, what are the, the class defining characteristics? What are the, 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 the vibe that you're kind of going for with the class and how is that different than anything else we've already done? Right. Uh, and that's really important um, for us as developers, but also as players so that it doesn't feel like you're just, oh, I've done this class before. It's just a different color or right. right like the numbers are slightly different. So the we other think thing, of a lot of that kind of stuff for sure. The other thing, I mean, it, it making sure that, as you said, the math lines up and everything kind of works. Mm-hmm. But the other thing I, I imagine from a creative standpoint, and again, you, you're, that's, that you're in the creative space, but in the creative standpoint, you have to make sure that this class makes sense in the universe, right? That's the other thing is that, that the lore it backs does. it up. And then when you write it in, it's not just some random thing, like, what is this, right? So in addition to yeah. the math, you've got to have the engineering side of it, the math, and then kind of the creative side to make sure they come together. 
Absolutely. And that's kind of where the inspiration comes in, like what I talked yeah. about, where this class, this arcanist, is centered around knowledge. And that's right. very much in Himaeus Mora's wheelhouse. That's what Himaeus Mora does, is, is hoards this knowledge. And so we leveraged a lot of that. And as players start to well, as they saw in some of the in some of the uh, global reveal stuff, but as they'll see over the course of the coming months, there's a lot of influences of Hamaeus Mora on this character, and it just right. it ties in so well to this this overarching story. It's it's really exciting time for for if, you're, if you know if you're new or if you're existing on ESO, it's exciting. If you're new, it's exciting. Shadow over Morrowind, great. I'll put a link off to the to to your stream that you guys had last week. It was it was really quite interesting. And and Shadow over Morrowind is kind of the it's the scribes of fate DLC. It's it's the Necrom chapter in Juna, and it's the Arcanist, which we just which we just talked about. Did I did I miss anything, Rich? I want to make sure I'm. I, got I, I it don't all. think so. No, I think that's that's the big bits. Yeah. And then we've got uh, it's what's what's great is is that ESO is available on PC. It's available on Mac. It's available on Xbox, of course. It's available on PlayStation. I mean, it's available all these different places. And mm-hmm. and starting March thirteenth, you can get in on, on the on the on the PC Mac side, and then later on in the month, you can get on the Xbox and PlayStation side. Rich, anything. Anything you want to add before I let you go? I think I covered the big bits. Uh, I just want to thank you for having me on again. You know, it's been a while since we we last did this, and it, it's uh, definitely always fun. Yes. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you coming on because ESO is one of those uh, is one of those titles, and I'm like, oh yeah, we got to talk about that because again, <laughs> I get people lighting me up on Twitter and are really passionate about this. And more importantly, I want to make sure that that new fans, people that maybe have never had a chance to experience this universe and all the great work that you do. Um, that they get a chance to do that because it's 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 part of Game Pass, right? It's pretty it's pretty easy. <laughs> Indeed, yeah. Okay, thank you, my friend. Good luck, and we'll have you on again later, maybe later this year. Awesome. Last week at the Developer Direct, we had so much news that we couldn't actually fit everything into one week's podcast episode. So this week, we're going to be chatting with a few folks, but I'm excited to bring on Craig from Mojang Studios to chat with me about Minecraft Legends. Welcome to the Hi, show, Rebecca. Lovely to see you. <laughs> All right. So before we get started, uh, both Larry and I noticed your background. <laughs> don't look. Um, don't look. Don't look. It I is can't cover a, it all. I can't cover it. It is all. a nerd, a nerd wall, and I love it. Is everything just Star Wars? Are you? <clears throat> do you like yeah, Star I'm a, Wars? <laughs> <laughs> no, I hate it. No, I'm a big fan. It's I like the movies, but it's mm-hmm. the world and the creatures and the ships and the races and you know, as a designer, I just love that whole galaxy and so yeah. yeah i surround my i surround myself with inspiring things to keep me creative oh i love that yeah their world building in star wars is mm-hmm. god here it is so good so i don't blame you there it's, it's as um, old as me <laughs> yeah okay so um tell us about a little bit about yourself so we've already gone over you're the principal design director on the game so how do you like what do you do on a day-to-day how did you start to work on minecraft legends that's a good story so i've been um i'm a designer i've been in the games industry for over 25 years i've stopped counting now um and i've always been a big fan of minecraft since the you know when it launched 12 years ago i remember when it came out um, and we were building pirate ships late into the night and i had to tell the team to go home because we had deliverables to do Um, and then in 2012 um i was working in xbox live arcade and I was lucky enough to be one of the teams who brought um, Minecraft to console. And I really enjoyed that experience. It's incredibly successful. Yeah. Um, and then in 2018, I had the opportunity to join the team. So I jumped at the chance because um, I love the IP. And I've been working with the team ever since. So I'm just incredibly lucky to work on 
one of Microsoft's biggest franchises, and I just love the IP. Oh, that's great to hear. You know, I actually also worked on um, Minecraft Legends coming to Xbox One and then also PlayStation 4 at the time. Um, and it was so funny because I don't know if if, if this was your experience too, but for us, uh, Minecraft on console was kind of categorized as like an indie game and like a smaller game. And so our scope mm-hmm. of like how we supported was a lot smaller. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, turns out we actually want to buy this entire studio and it's going to be our biggest acquisition. And, you know, now we have like, you know, multiple, so many teams and like so many people working on Minecraft. So um, yeah, it's been great. When, to it, see that. when it launched, um, we didn't know how it would do on console because it's so popular on PC. And when it launched, yeah. it came out and we said, we think the telemetry is broken because these <laughs> figures, these numbers can't be right. And they were right. And it was just such a incredible success and has been ever since. Yeah, well, hopefully that's some indication of how Legends will also go launching onto Xbox. Because obviously, you know, a lot of strategy games are played on PC, but I know mm-hmm. the team is taking console and like the console experience uh, into consideration when developing it. Oh, totally. Developing Built it. from the ground up. <laughs> Built from yeah. the ground up. So can you, how would you describe Minecraft Legends to someone who hasn't really heard much about it before, isn't familiar with Minecraft? It's a good question, Rebecca. Um, <laughs> so Minecraft Legends is a, uh, a new type of action strategy game, right? The way in which we took the dungeon crawler uh, genre and twisted it and made it unique and made Minecraft Dungeons, we've now looked at the strategy genre made it unique and given it a twist to create Minecraft Legends. Um, the game the game contains a full story-driven campaign and our um, eight-player PvP uh, battles. Um, and in the story-driven campaign, you're a hero who's brought to save the overworld from the evil piglins by our hosts. And what's really interesting about the hosts is they're our first talking characters uh, in the franchise. And the hosts give you three uh, amazing tools the legendary loot dilling uh, the <laughs> banner of command and the um flame of allegiance and you use these, use these tools to talk to the allies and play melodies to get the allies together resources like wood and stone and redstone and diamond and then you use these resources to build structures um so you build towers and walls and gates um, to build your base and then you also use uh, these tools to build um, golems and form your army to attack the piglins and and push them back. And the thing I really love about Minecraft Legends, it's not a, a what we call a real-time strategy game. You're not 50 feet up in the clouds mm-hmm. looking down, giving instructions. You're actually on the battlefield with your sword fighting alongside your troops so it's a lot more action focused and, and that's why it really fits really well for console. You know, it's not your normal strategy game. We've given it a really fun twist. I agree. And I think that when people see it for the first time in front of them, that's the thing that they're most pleasantly surprised about. Like when we we demoed to some press at Gamescom in Germany Mm -hmm. over the summer, and they were like, oh, you're actually in the middle and you have a player Mm -hmm. where you're, you know, doing combat as opposed to being up in the sky and just, you know, zooming all around. Yeah, we get that all the time. People are like, this is not the game I thought it was. (laughs) You're like, this is an action game, you know, and, and, and that's what I love about it. Yeah, but of course, strategy is still a really important part, and that is a totally new genre for the Minecraft team to be venturing into. And so I know that we have our um, development partner, Blackbird Interactive. So can you tell us a little bit about them and just how the partnership with them has come to be and how it's going? Sure. 
Sure. So anytime we are building a new experience, we really look for the right partner. Um, some, you know, a team who's creative and talented, but also, uh, you know, really specialize in that genre. And so when thinking about a strategy game, we immediately thought of Blackbird Interactive. They're well known for all of the strategy games they made, they made in the past. And so we started to talk to them and um, they loved the IP. They really understood what we wanted to do with it. They love strategy. They had great ideas of how they could twist these two together. And so, to be honest, we got really lucky. We found our perfect partner really early on and then we've been working with them ever since. So we have a great relationship with them. I love that team. Oh, that's so good to hear. And we saw a few different faces from Blackbird in mm -hmm. last week's Developer Direct um, you know, segment for Minecraft Legends. And uh, obviously, we also announced the game's launch date and PvP. And uh, mm -hmm. can you just tell us a little bit more about the PvP mode? Sure. So our uh, PvP battle mode is really unique. I love it. Played every day. And it's eight players, but it's two teams of four. Okay. And your goal is to destroy the tower at the middle of the enemy base. Simple, mm -hmm. right? So everyone starts uh, next to their tower. There's nothing built. And everyone just goes off and does stuff. And <laughs> everyone um, falls into natural roles. So we have our gatherers, people who run out into the world. And they gather the wood and the coal and the stone to build the structures. And then we have our builders. So people who are building the towers and the defenses and the gates and the walls and the oh, so many things. Kaboomery that give you flaming hours and masonry kaboomery. huts that turn wooden that structures into word? stone. <laughs> it's called the kaboomery. It gives okay, um, all of your towers into, into flaming arrows and explosive arrows. Um, oh, love it. And then we had have our uh, explorers. These are players going out into the world and they find secret chests that give the team a boost of resources and they scout what the enemies are doing. And then we have our attackers, people who are out in the world and they are, you know, spawning golems and attacking the enemy base. And they're also building um, offensive structures like the Redstone Launcher, which hurls TNT like a catapult into the enemy base. Love it. Um, and so you've got all these different roles. But the thing I really love is um, these roles aren't fixed. They're not like a class that you choose at the beginning of the game. You just go and do what you want. So it's very fluid. You can be gathering oh, resources okay. one minute, see the enemy, build some golems and attack them. And then you hear our base is under attack and you're like, oh, OK, I'm on defense and you go running back. And so, you know, it's not really strict and fixed. It, it's very fluid and it's all about working together to come up with the craziest strategy you can think of to crush the enemy. Yeah. So the other thing I love about PvP is it's um, the maps are procedural, procedural generated. Mm. And so it's different every time, depending on. One time a mountain might generate next to the enemy base and you think, oh, I'm going to put a redstone launcher on that. Or, you know what I mean? It's like, depending oh, yeah. where the secrets are and the resources are and how the world generates, it's different every time. So it keeps it really fresh. Yeah, I think um, the, the fluidity is something I wanted to poke back to. So I think it's really cool that we don't have to have like classes. Like you can kind mm -hmm. of, if we need more resources, people can kind of pivot what they're doing and go chip in elsewhere. I mean, what are some other things that you think might surprise players to learn? This is really not a very traditional game. <laughs> you want some secrets. You want some things that we've not spoke about before. Let me think. Well, nothing too secret. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. So uh, I can think of a few things uh, that people might be surprised to know. So um, if you're out in the world and you're far away mm -hmm. from your base um, and you hear that you're under attack, you can fast travel. So you can oh, open really? the map, click on your base and go 
push, push, and be back home really quickly because we didn't want players running panicked. Oh, I can't get back home in time. So that's one thing. Um, If you're at home as well and you get attacked, you can um, go to a spawn and recall units. So you can actually, units that are out in the world that maybe aren't doing anything, Mm -hmm. you can call them back quickly to your base. You're not running around looking for them. Where are those cobblestone golems? You can just pull them back (laughs) to help you with defense. Um, What else? We also have a ping system. So um, it's really important to work together because you're sharing resources. And so with the ping system, you can say, I want to build a redstone launcher. And the team go, okay, let's save up our redstone. Or Rebecca, Mm -hmm. you could be like, I want coal. And so people go, okay, let's save up our coal. So that system. And I think... Uh, I was just going to say, yeah, I I love the ping system, like simple ways to communicate with people that's Mm -hmm. not, you know, fiddling with the controller for text or then also I I usually don't use voice chat when I play these days Mm -hmm. um, just because I live with multiple people. And so I don't want to (laughs) be shouting instructions at night and stuff. So that is really cool. But sorry, continue. You can you can use voice chat and it's great. But also we wanted Mm -hmm. to make sure there was a system that people could give out the basic commands because you are sharing resources. Um, The thing I think people be most surprised about is the game's PVP. But there's a little PVE in there as well. And the piglins are also in PVP. And the piglins do whatever the piglins want. So the piglins are attacking both teams. Mm -hmm. And so there's a day-night cycle going on during the battles. But the piglins attack more ferociously at night. So do you time your strategy when the piglins attack at night and wait for them to break the walls down and sneak in? Or So you're not only dealing with the other team, you're dealing with the piglins as well. And so I think people might find that surprising too. That's really cool. So the battles are, I, I had kind of just assumed that the battles would all be during daytime, but like Minecraft, no. the environment changes whether it's day or night. Yeah, so that's it really goes cool. to night and you hear the piglin horns and the battle horns and then more piglins attack at night and then it becomes dawn again. And the game is, I should have said the exactly. game is so pretty. It's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think I think we we can all see that for ourselves in just the few like assets and videos we've seen online. But it sounds like the the matches could potentially be pretty long. Then, how long have Ooh. they generally been? Is there like a rough number, or does it vary? Yeah. So we've worked really hard. So games last between twenty and thirty minutes. Um, okay. It does depend on the strategy. Uh, if teams have a crazy strategy, they might win earlier if they take the team by surprise, or if both teams decide we're going to build bastions with stone walls and massive towers. Mm-hmm. Um, and the games might go on a little bit longer. But we've been working really hard to balance the game this way because we don't want it to be like fourteen-day siege of the blue team. Um, and so. You know, the, our longer games have lasted around 30 minutes. So it's about 20 mm. to 30 minutes. We wanted, <laughs> it's an old fashioned thing to think about, but we wanted players to get like two games in in a lunchtime. You know what I mean? <laughs> like be able to play yeah. a couple of games if they were playing in their, in their lunch. So, yeah. you know. That's uh, <laughs> that's one way to put it. I like that. Um, <laughs> and, and then this, I mean, obviously coming out on Xbox, PC Game Pass, but uh, also PlayStation 4 and 5, Nintendo Switch, which is really cool. Um, is there going to be cross-platform multiplayer for, uh, for yeah, multiplayer? <laughs> of, of course. Uh, yeah. We thought it was really important, regardless of what platform you're on, um, that you could play together. We want as many players as possible playing together. So I think you nailed them all. I think we're on all the Xbox platforms, Xbox One X, Series X, Series S, PS4, <laughs> PS5, Nintendo Switch, 
oh, PC Steam. Yes, so Steam. it doesn't matter where you play on launch day, you'll be able to play on any of those platforms in PvP, and it plays perfectly on any platform. The way we've designed it, there's no advantage to be on a keyboard and mouse versus a controller. That's question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's not. It's not a first-person shooter or anything. So, and it, it's been designed that way. Um, nice. And so it's perfect for cross-platform play. Yeah, we thought that was really important, and so we've made yeah. it work perfectly. That's awesome. Well, thank you so much, Craig. This has been very enlightening. I Even I have learned a lot <laughs> about Minecraft Legends today. Um, so obviously, game's launching April 18th, um, but until then, where can folks go to follow along with our journey and stay in the loop? Sure, you can join our Discord group. Uh, we have uh, lots of amazing fans on our Discord group. You can also uh, look at Minecraft.net and also at Legends underscore game. Um, yeah. It's not long now to wait. We're coming out soon. We've been, you know, working on it for so hard. We're so excited to see, um, you know, how people enjoy the game. And I'm particularly excited to see the crazy strategies that people come up with in PvP because we think we've done everything and then someone will come in and just do no, something crazy yeah. that we haven't thought of and... We, we all joke on the team that we're all going to be good at the PvP for about an hour. And then <laughs> yeah. all the all the community will just crush us because they'll come up with new strategies. Yeah, the Minecraft community is uh, very creative and dedicated. <laughs> so I'm sure that they'll yeah, come awesome. up with some good stuff. But yeah, thank you so much, Craig. Oh, it's wonderful. Thank you so much for the opportunity to talk about Minecraft Legends. All right, thanks to all of our wonderful guests talking about ESO, Monster Hunter Rise, and of course, Minecraft Legends. Love hearing from the people making the games. That's that was awesome. Exactly. Thank you. Thank you. That was a lot of fun to hear from everybody. A uh, couple things before we go. We were talking before the break about um, for the interviews. Uh, what? What you got on there, Larry? I've got the white gloves, Rebecca. Thank you for <laughs> noticing. No, I wanted to point something. I, I I didn't wear them when we were talking about the the, the hammerhead um, the the, uh, the new headsets. I don't know if it's in focus. Hopefully it is. Um, but the but I also have want to remind folks that the deep pink Xbox controller, which is was available, I think it was last year. It is now back in stock. So this is something Ooh, they wanted me to so point out. So pretty. Yeah. Do you have one? Very striking. No, I love it. I think I got one over here. I don't have one. Just in time for Valentine's <laughs> Day, though. I feel like. Yeah, we would you know? like them, Larry. There it is. So it's it's a lovely little <laughs> lovely little. Part. Wow, great. Deep, deep pink. Um. And then I also want to, I, I, we mentioned it briefly on the show uh, a couple weeks ago, but you can kind of okay. see it back here if you can make it. Oh, oh, Easter eggs, huh? Yeah. The, the, this I is love the that. promotion we're doing in Europe, in many parts of Europe, for Oreo. Ooh, so, Now, I have so to tell cute. you a funny story. Um, I was talking with our, our partnership team, and they do amazing work. I mean, they've, yeah. they've done the, the Halo Swarovski crystal, which I have over there, and a bunch of other things. Oh, they yeah. do great work. Um, they, I said, hey, I want to talk about the Oreo promotion, which is really cool. In case you can't see it, you can kind of see it in here. Yeah, we can see. But, I mean, the, the Oreos are ABXYs and the logo. I mean, this is kind of cool. And the up arrow. So cool. Um, so it's really nifty. But um, I said, hey, I want to get some of the Oreos. And they're like, well, it's not available in North America. I said, I totally understand that. But the listener for this show yeah. is, is international. So they sent me they sent me these boxes over. The boxes are empty. Mm. <gasps> oh. oh. Yeah. There you go. Wow. I wonder these, who got and to I just eat your to, Oreos. Well, yeah, maybe they got. A, I did raise a little bit of a ruckus, and then they sent over an actual 
containers. Oh, so I, I don't know if I should open these up or save them, but there's. I know you these, love eating on stream, so. I, I, <laughs> yeah, the crunching. The problem is I can't stop. So, um, That's so funny. But these are, you know, if, if you're if you're over in Europe, check your check your local grocer. Uh, you can win prizes and all sorts of cool stuff. Some in-game skins, which I don't have yet. They're supposed to send them over to me, but I wanted to just. Well, I'll just say. That I'm not as understanding of them not being available in the U.S. I love Oreos per- personally, and so uh, you know, p- partnership team. If you want to send some my way, happy to send you my address. I will say also, there is the a very boxes. oh well, that's not that's no fun. Um, but what's do you all eat Oreos with milk? I know there's like a very specific. Yeah, who doesn't? Like some people like it. Some people don't like it. I heard that the perfect time to dunk Oreos in milk is seven seconds from our good friend, Greg Miller, friend of the show from kind of funny one, seven two, seconds. Three. Oh no, he does the one, two, three thing. Yeah. One, two, hold on the three. And that's the perfect. I don't know. What do y'all what? think? Comment section below. Let me know. Um, Ooh, I, I'm not a big milk person in general. Uh, okay. So mm. I, I think maybe when I was a kid, I had yeah. them with milk, but I just generally don't have milk lying around. I have like oat milk, but I don't know. That doesn't sound the same. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe I should send some to you, so you did, or you maybe you should go buy some Oreos to see what they taste like. In taste the test. <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe I'm missing out. I don't uh, know. Anyway, uh, so it's, I just want to call out that we got, and again, the partnership team, some, some really cool stuff. I've seen what they're working on for the future. They got some really great stuff planned, and it's everything from Oreos to, um, what was the one we did a couple? Oh, you know, here, let me, let me, do you remember this one? Hold on. Hold on. I got More goodies. Rebecca, Larry just gets all another. the stuff. I know it's not fair. <laughs> trying to think if yeah, it was another we... food partnership or what he could be bringing out. I mean, we did the Doritos. Oh, I think one. it's definitely food. Yeah, we talked about it last year, and I know Rebecca, you were interested. Especially in the food I would like to receive. The OPI one. Oh, oh no. okay. Right. That yes. was a fun, fun promotion that we did. I mean, this one was so different. And then, of course, this. Which, which, what's this? I mean, I don't want to make any assumptions, but I feel like. They could have sent those to me, and I would probably get better use out of them than you yeah, would, I mean, Larry. Yeah, they're still in the box for me. Right? <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, but uh, anyway, so our, our partnership team, keep an eye. You know, we'll always cover what they're yeah. working on. We did they do some cool over, stuff over the live stream. We did the Doritos Rockstar one, and I couldn't stop eating those. those I really enjoyed that ones. one. Oh my lord! Yeah. Goodness, <laughs> those are crazy. Um, all right, gang. Well, that that's kind of the, the end of our. As as we always do, we usually record this right around lunchtime, and now we're talking food, so we're <laughs> hungry. Um, yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Malik. Again, happy birthday, and thank you for joining this week with Jeff's out of officeness or not availableness. Uh, Rebecca, thank you. A little yeah. quick programming note: we will not have a show regular podcast available on Friday. We're doing a live show on Friday, February tenth. So yes. you need Ooh. to stay around. So usually we, we record the show midweek and whatnot. Um, but no, we're going to go. We're going to do it live, gang. We're going to do it live. We did it in December, and I pledged to you that we would do it again. Yes? Do you want to bring us in so we can say goodbye? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm looking, I'm, <laughs> it's funny. I'm looking at you guys. My screen is. I, I didn't see you over there, and I thought I completely forgot about it. I'm so sorry. I'm like, I'm like hello, okay. over here. <laughs> Just <laughs> chatting you. in the background while Larry gets all the goods. I'm, I'm, I'm like, oh, it's okay. You know what? Here, we're, we're actually going to go one step further. So there we go. Oh, we're going to say goodbye, everybody. <laughs> my Puma. little loaf in the background. Uh, there he is. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we're going to do a live show next week. So Jeff and Rebecca and I will be in the studio. You know what, Malik? Since you're on the show all the time, I'd love to have you, you stop by. Yeah, I'm, I'd love out. to stop by. Consider me there. I'll just run in. I don't want to disturb the flow. I'll run in, <laughs> say hello, but I want to watch. Yeah, yeah, I just want to watch in person. You know, here's what we're going to do. I'm going to talk to the production team. We're going to actually... The way we've got it set up with the couch and the chair, we're going to put a chair in a corner. 
with a light and a desk and a stack of books. And we're just going to cut to you reading books. (laughs) (sighs) Never. Never. I'm no longer attending. Yeah. At least like, "Ah, I'm busy that day. (laughs) Anyway, uh, but anyway, we'll we'll be back for a live show next week. Keep an eye on our socials. You can find them uh, pretty much everywhere. We'll tweet it out. Remind folks, we're going to be on the Twitch Xbox channel. We'll be on my Twitter, assuming Twitter is working. We tried to do it last time and apparently Twitter was having some engineering issues. Uh, but we'll, uh, we're going to try to get it wherever, wherever, uh, wherever you are. So I appreciate you guys joining us. We'll have some giveaways too, right? Give us some stuff away. I think we can. Ooh. All right, gang. Uh, so we'll see you for the live show next Friday, Oreo February boxes. 10th. Until then have fun, play fair, file feedback. Let us know what you think and leave a comment. Bye-bye everybody. <laughs>